So yeah, no, we haven't we haven't had Alex before. Oh, okay. It's because she's never done anything of any note. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It just um it's one of those deals. It's been it's you it's been I actually said with Beth, I, I said the first question I want to ask you is do you have any B team shirts left? Because I thought those were the best things ever. You that is so funny you brought that up because I literally put it on this morning, my sports bra. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing. It was, they were awesome. They were awesome. It was great. And I remember, I don't know if you've ever talked to Jack about it, but he, I think he felt so bad. Like, Did he? I we think so. I mean, I always joke with him. I'm like, listen, the B team's coming. So he knows. <laughs> Are you going to bring them out for a deck of worlds? Uh, I might. Who knows? <laughs> At least for the warm up, put them on or the warm up and then change or something. Or on the team, just wear it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to go back? Start up. All right. So today we have Alex Walker, who we were just saying we surprisingly haven't had on before. Alex has been in the scene a long time. Um, this season, seeming to focus on the Savage series. So that's primarily what we're going to focus on today and a week out from Decca Worlds, also, which you are going to. So, um, Alex, you finished fifth in the Savage series. You did. Um, six of the seven series races um, with completion of five. So we're just going to talk to you a bit about uh, how that Savage series went and um, your decision also to choose to race the Savage series this year. Yeah. Um, so I love Savage. I always have. It's a great race series. They do a really good job with, you know, mixing in like cross country type running and you know, good rigs and obstacles. And always every year they bring something new to the table, which is always a good time. Um, my first podium ever was actually a Savage race when I started a long time ago. Um, so I decided to do the Savage series this year because I didn't want to do the 3K series that Spartan came out with. I'm an endurance runner, so I want like a longer race. Um, but the Savage series that we had to do, I did, I think I did all seven, but only finished five of them. Um, but it was really neat. I actually had a good time. They seemed to have a theme with their rigs, except for the last race. I did not have fun at that one. And it wasn't because I didn't finish it. I just think that it wasn't done the way it should have been. But that's just my personal opinion. So. Right, so so let's go back a bit. So Savage Series has only gone on for two years, right? Yes. Yeah. So how did how, well, and you take part in the first year? How how did the how is it set up? How is the Savage Series set up? Maybe say differently from a Spartan Series or or so on. Um. So the way that it's different would be that you had to complete the last race. Like Spartan, at least you show up, you get points, and the if you don't finish a race, it's not mandatory. It doesn't hurt your whole season if something goes wrong at the last race, right? Um. So like the thing with Savage was because. I didn't finish Florida because I got stuck at a rig. Um, it ruined my entire season. All right. So, so technically I shouldn't have finished fifth. Like I shouldn't have finished at all. I don't know what happened. They tried to adjust it, I guess, to feel, I don't know if they felt bad. I didn't talk to anybody from Savage. I actually didn't know that I finished fifth till later on in the day. Someone messaged me and I was like, I shouldn't have finished at all. Because technically, if it was mandatory to finish that race, I wouldn't have finished on the scoreboard, period. 
Yeah. So you mandatory. So, so throughout the year, right. So you had to finish how many, how many out of the seven races or out of the six or seven races did you have to do? Out of the seven, you had to finish five. Which by the way, is a lot. It, it is a lot with being that we had to do Florida was mandatory. And so was George. No. Yeah. Florida. On their website, on their website, it says Florida plus four others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So you go into that. And for those who don't know, Savage is mandatory completion. You don't, uh, you know, you don't finish all the obstacles. You don't finish the race. You pretty much are a DNF. Uh, and then, so you went into Florida sitting number two in the standings. Right. So yes. I'm sitting number two in the standings behind Chris Roglowski. And um, so it started, like you say, you didn't finish that race. Tell us how that, how that race went, kind of start to finish and, and break it down. So I led the race the entire time um, until I got on a box and I got a little stuck there. They brought in obstacles from a different race series. So they mixed Bonefrog and Savage race together um, so for their grand finale, which was kind of cool. Um, so there was things that we didn't see, like there was a, it reminded me of the box that you see at Spartan, but without a rope. So you had to like jump up and there was nothing to grab onto. So um, that's where JD caught up to me and passed me. And then I finally got it and I fought myself back to the front, took the lead again. And I think that's what makes racing fun is that you'll see that back and forth. Like I was ready for us to go all the way to the end, just back and forth. Right. Um, so the first rig we get to at the first two miles, there's no obstacles. It was literally a running race. And then finally the obstacles started coming, got to the first rig. It was a simple rig. And then the second rig is where they had it. And it was the way that I would explain this rig is the rig that the men touched, the leading men touched was not the same rig that the women touched. That's one part. If you watch the videos, the rope actually ended up getting longer and longer so what Kempson and those guys jumped on was not the same rig that the girls got, which I find slightly unfair. Um, I should get the same rig as they do. Um, by the, the time we got there, all the men that have been trying and trying and trying stretched that rope out. So the rope wasn't as sturdy as what the guys got. And so, so, the, we have so the obstacle actually degrades over time. Correct. And I don't think mm -hmm. that they figured that that would happen. Like, I don't think as the race director... Um, was thinking that was something that would happen. And then it was, we had to go across a rope with no feet. And then um, it was a square bar to another square bar that we had a lache to, which I have seen before because that rig was done through battle frog. And I used to do battle frogs all the time. Um, so you had a lache from there to the next part. And then there was a second rig area. We were all the women were getting stuck in the lache, like getting to the next part and then being able to transition. Um, so that I even like sat there and thought, how could they have done the rig differently? Even if they kept the same implements, they should have maybe even switched out the lache and put it first and then the rope, because then it would have been a puzzle. You would have been able to chicken wing the rope and get through, um, so there was different ways that they could have done it, or they should have just ran the course and seen what happens in the next couple, like for the days before to see how people felt, but they did it. They actually drove their golf cart through the whole course or their buggy to see how the course went. So I think someone should have ran it. I think they should have had a female and a male run it just to test everything out, especially for a grand finale. When you have people watching these races online, and this is where I come from it. Like I'm phasing out of this world. You know, I'm older, I'm 38. And so I'm not like a young buck. 
So in a few years, I won't be in this world, but my son does race. And for me to watch it, you don't want to see people stuck at a rig. It's unattractive to the sport. It doesn't look good. You want to see battles. And so if you're going to have a series, I think that they should have done a better job with what they did at that rig or how they did the rig. Um, because I got stuck in Chicago at a rig and it was just figuring out how to get through it in puzzle piece. And I finally got through it. And then the same thing happened in Ohio. I led the race the entire time there too, and got stuck at the last rig. And I ended up getting through it. Like that's how rigs should be. They should be something that you have to figure out or somewhere you're doing something wrong. This rig was not like that. This was a beat down before the rig and good luck getting through. And when you have people who do Ninja Warrior, who normally would have podium at these races when girls get stuck, not get through and lose their band also, that tells you a lot. So I was I was watching it. And the biggest thing to me, and this is where I think you're absolutely right, is the, and Beth used the right word, the degradation of the rig throughout the race. But not only was it, should something have, say, have been adjusted. Like by the time the men went through, my thought afterwards was, by the time the women went and they noticed that this was happening. I mean, the ropes went from pretty much a, a horizontal rope to a giant sag where like it was very difficult on some lanes to even keep yourself from hitting the ground. So what I think would have been a, a, a quick adjustment they could have done at that time, obviously, would be to allow the women when they get there before the first woman gets there so that it is the same for everybody to use their legs on the rope because it, it did sag so bad. I mean, it was dropped. I couldn't believe it. And I was watching. I mean, essentially, you guys were meant to perform a, a short legless rope climb before going into the Lachey. And I think that is a bit too much to ask. And I'm, I'm a guy who loves a challenging rig. That's that's my jam. I'm, I'm totally into that. But this one did drop too too much in that way. The other problem I had with it is it became a pick the best lanes. And you had like there were some lanes and I noticed I noticed this pretty early on. It was like there was like three of you when you were three of you, they're all lining up in the one lane because that was still the one that was holding the highest and holding the most taunt. Did they like did they attempt to do anything? Did they address it at all during the race? Like that's where I think, you know, as, as a race director or something like that or as an as, as a head official, that's where I'm going to want to be because I know that's where where so much stuff is going to happen And history throughout Savage has always been or not always been, but a lot of times, especially in the women's wave, it'll come down to the entire race. Doesn't matter except for this one, Rick. Yeah. Um, and no, try to adjust anything. I just think there could have been different things. They could have closed three lanes down, and those three lanes were specific for women when they got the leader women got there. Mm -hmm. um, that could have been one way they did it, or two, allowed us to use our feet on the rope. Um, I think that would have been another thing, but they did not adjust anything at all it was just sorry that's what it is and so like and that's where when they adjoice um adjusted the point system to where i got fifth i was like i don't want it i refuse to take the check and i don't i don't want it i don't deserve it it's not it shouldn't be done because you felt bad that you you course designed wrong does that make sense <laughs> yeah 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 so they so they never explained to you at all the the reason or the adjustment and the points because honestly to be here and here's the thing right and i mean you might you might not like this or whatever but if i'm the person who came sixth behind you and there was a check for fifth and they adjusted the points after the fact well quite frankly i'd be pissed off because <laughs> because i'm like well you know what your rules might suck 
but these were the rules going in and now you're shifting it mid fly because you kind of underestimated what could have happened. Well, that's, that's on you, not on me. Why would I pay the price for that? I would have preferred them to come out and said that they, they messed up. Like I would have, I, I don't want the fifth place to be honest. I would have rather, I don't know why, what happened in that situation. I just would have rather Savage been like, you know what? We messed up in this situation. We could have had the same rig for the men and women at this, you know, like the the way the rope was. We should have done something different for y'all or on the fly. We should have allowed y'all to use the feet when we were all stuck there. Um, they didn't do that. And I just stopped and I have not heard from them. They have not reached out or said anything to me about why they did what they did with the points. But I totally agree. Like if someone's behind me, but I also like, it ruined my entire season. So it left a bad taste in my mouth with Savage because the other part too that I look at as a sport um, is you had a theme going through the season. All they did on the rigs were a lot of vertical ropes, vertical ropes, vertical pipes. They had a theme going through it. And then come Dallas was one of the series races that was not a difficult race. And then they come out and the last race is like, here you go. We're going to throw another series obstacles at you and put everything together and have this big thing. I personally think if you're going to do that, or, or if I was a um, someone who designed a series, I would make each race level up until the grand finale so that it's, and then I would have, if you're going to have a theme, then your theme should have stayed the same at the end. And I'm all about hard rigs. Like I've always been that way. I think Spartan should also adjust their rigs. I think it, it should be championship should have a, a big thing to it. I totally agree. But there comes a point where there's a hard rig and then there's a rig that makes no sense to be in a situation that it was. Like you want it to be a puzzle piece where people have to figure out if I have to jump off and get back on and try again, that's fine, but it should still be a race. It shouldn't be a bunch of people standing there. That to me doesn't look good on camera. So for the sport to grow, it is important that if someone's walking by and you're watching it, that they are like, oh, what are you watching? Oh, this looks cool. I want to sign up for this. Do you think that if someone was walking by and saw all the women standing there and they're doing nothing because they're waiting to see if their arms are pumped, that someone's going to be like, oh, I totally want to sign up for this. So, yeah, for so, so for people to understand, too, like looking at the results, only four women got through that rig in the grand finale. So a lot of people would have left that day uh, very disappointed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just for a lot of women because a lot of those girls chase that series as well that also didn't get through the rig. So I just think that they have to find a way to balance. There has to be a balance with rigs where it's still a race. It still is difficult. But if you were going to have these things, they should have been shown up slowly throughout the season so that we could have seen them and played on them. So then when you had your grand finale of 40 something obstacles, which I'm all about, that we would have we've done a square lache or seen the pipes and then the same thing with the rope had they played with those ropes multiple times they would have known that they stretched out but they didn't and so that's where like as a race director they failed yeah so i think i think you're on the money where if i'm building a race and trying to uh uh peak right at the at the finale i would like you say, your 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 suggestion about introducing all these different aspects as you go, yeah. So you introduce one at a time, different races, and then you combine them all together. And then you, for example, you don't necessarily throw something new at the racers for a finale, but maybe you extend the rigs 
you make them longer, you make them, you know, more difficult in that way, where it's not necessarily surprise, here's something you've never seen. It's, I hope your endurance is ready. And I hope you've been training. Yes, you're testing, you, essentially, you're testing the grip and the fitness yeah. and, and stuff rather than just your surprise. I've never, yeah. I've never been a surprise guy. <laughs> well, you have an idea of how this, like, especially if you're going to do a series, like if this was Savage without a series, go for it, do what you want. But you are creating a series that you want athletes to chase. You have to have a thought process. You have to sit down at the beginning of the season and think it all out and be like, you know what? We're slowly going to implement it and then have a grand finale with everything. And every race will level it up or we'll have a something. But the way that the race went is one race would be hard. Another one wouldn't. Then you'd go to another one. Dallas didn't have it had one rig and not a lot of obstacles like upper body obstacles. And that was the race before that one. So it's like you think that you would have introduced some of that or at least made it a little bit harder with some extra obstacles so that when we went to the grand finale, we were like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Mm -hmm. But you want it to be a race. Like that's what makes racing fun is you want to go like me and Jamie battle it out to the end because we were so close to the point series. That's what makes things exciting. But it did not finish the way I wanted. It's not just based. Like I didn't walk away going, man, I really need to go home and work hard because I I'm good at rigs. And there was, there's times like in Chicago, I walked away and I was like, man, I need to go get me some vertical ropes and I got to fix this. I walk away knowing that I have things I need to work on in this situation. I did not walk away that way. I walked away with, I was a, I can do all that, but this is, was not right. It's almost like the, they have to have forethought and plan out the whole series in advance and in a progression with all of the obstacles as well kind of like if you planned your like your year in training and you're working on certain elements and throughout the year you add a little bit more to it like a proper periodized training program and the same thing would happen within their series where these are the elements we want to have in our rigs and they'll just get you know a little bit longer or a couple more uh, vertical grips or so you kind of progress all of the athletes as they go throughout the season, which would require maybe some forethought in the planning of the series as a whole, which maybe Savage didn't do that. They just, each race was its own individual entity and whatever obstacles they could put there instead of having like a whole race plan through the series um, as and gradually progressing as the series goes through the seven main races anyways that are their point series races. Yes, I definitely think that it should run something similar to that. And and if you run across an implement that you want to add to a rig, I think people should have to at least see it beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I also think like when you have these rigs and stuff, I think if you're going to have a championship or a finale, they should allow us to look at the course the day before um, just so that we can kind of figure out things. I mean, I don't, that has nothing to do with like whether you can do a rig or not, but I definitely think like battle frog did it when they had their 80 foot rig, they let us walk the course, look at it, see it. I mean, that's kind of how cross country is too. You are able to go look at it, see what it's like and you know what you need to do because at the end of the day, it's a race. I agree. This is something that I always found so funny too. When I started the OCR stuff coming from like a track and cross country thing is like everyone you go and you you run the course the night before like you go to your race and then you run the course it doesn't mean it's not like you don't really have an an advantage you've just seen it so then and then all of your visualization practices and everything before the race you've already run through it and 
it doesn't necessarily change the outcome. It's just, it's kind of racing. Whereas like all these OCR races, they don't want you to see the things before. And I understand there's a psychological aspect to that, which kind of makes OCR unique too. But I, I don't really understand it because it doesn't really change what happens within the race. Like at the end of the day, we're racing. So however fast you run and you approach the obstacles doesn't really change if you've seen it or you haven't. Yeah, I think it also depends where you want to go with the sport. Like when it wasn't a competitive sport, it was something simple and then everybody just showed up to get muddy and have fun. It makes sense that you don't want to know what's next, right? But as you're trying to get sponsors and you're trying to get people to to make this a sport and you're trying to get people to be a pro in this sport, you almost kind of have to allow that part of it. And even if you don't let them on course, take some pictures of the rigs and post them the day before and people can look at them. And then someone might have called out like, hey, that rope might stretch out. Are y'all ready for that? Like, do you, you know, and then we could have been like, oh, well, I have thought of that. And then he could have figured, okay, well, if that's the case, then we need to have a plan B, C, and D. I've always been against the surprise thing. Like I said, I hate surprises. But um, when it comes to course design and stuff like the rigs, and especially for Savage, because hats off to them, they change that rig all the time, almost every race. You rarely see two rigs twice. And that is very, very difficult to do. And yeah, sometimes you're going to have some misses and then it's not going to be great and it'll, things will go wrong. But if the night before the race, you tell the racers, here's the obstacles, go play. You're going to find out that night what's wrong, what's going to go wrong, and you can adapt rather than mid-race having it be. Like they could have tested that rig. They could have set it up and Lee could have tested that five, six times himself and been like, test each lane. Yeah, it's good. It's great. It's good rig. I get through it. It's the right level of difficulty I want perfect but he can't simulate dozens of people going through and doing what other people think all the time so i've always been like let people on the rigs we want them to look good when they go through it anyway we don't want them to go sit there and stare at it and go what the hell am i supposed to do here explain to me the rules explain to me what's going on we want it to be second nature you want it to run through you want your race not not a teaching class so run that the night before spartan sometimes does it with their uh, obstacle specialist courses and whatnot the night before but yeah, I just open it up, let you guys play on it, let you learn it. I, I know they won't have mandatory completion. I love mandatory completion. I know they want people to fail so that it proves that it's difficult. But you also want people to finish the race. You don't want you don't want what happened to happen. So let you guys go out and play. Let you learn it. I feel like there's some liabilities with that too. Like I, I wonder if they were allowing people to play on the obstacles the day before, if there would be like a change in insurance policies and stuff like that. Like I'm not exactly sure like the behind the scenes of all of it, but there could be bigger reasons as to why they don't allow that as well. You would you would probably have to accept on it. Um, because I think that's part of like the element of I guess the surprise we would get, but they definitely should let us get eyes on it. Like they have a closed policy so that we can't go look at it. Um, which is weird because Spartan doesn't like if you had a series race, like we show up the day before and we can actually like look at the course somewhat um, and kind of get an eye of it. We just can't play on things, which I think is fair, but it's actually not so much about like insurance because insurance is insurance. It's more because the, volunteer there is not going to save you from busting your head open to be honest um so i think part of it's the fact that some people fly in the night before and don't get a chance to get out to the course so it became a very unfair when they did allow us to play on things not savage but when spartan did 
um, people, the uproar was, well, I don't get off work till, you know, three in the afternoon, get there till seven. Well, Mary Sue doesn't work on Friday, so she gets there and she gets to see it. So that's not fair. And I think I agree with that. Like if you can't, not everybody can have it, then it shouldn't be allowed or whatever. Um, I just think one is, even though Lee could get to the one rig, my comment on that would be, I think he should have to run the whole course. Like he, because what happens in the 10 obstacles before does affect what happens on that rig. Because if you just put one rig and he got through it one time, that doesn't mean that he could get through it with everything else. And then they should have, and have a female. Like one thing that I do respect Spartan on is Steve Hammond runs every course. He is out there. He runs it. You see it on Estrada. He does it. He knows what works and what doesn't. And, and that's what makes, I think, a good race director is someone who can go, okay, this isn't working right here. Let's fix this. Or this isn't going to work because I tried it. And I think that's, he, even if Lee didn't want to run it, he could have had three of the people that work for Savage be like, hey, can y'all just jog the course, go through everything and see how you feel and tell me what you think. Yeah. And I, yeah, I can't say if they do that or not, but definitely there there needs to be the the dry run someone needs to to figure out if it if it works or if it doesn't um even when it comes down to the series itself when i look back and when they first started and they said how seven races or whatever five is a seven i was like that is too many for if they want to build the pile of elites especially the elite women because that's where we really need to build up more more uh participation to make it have to do that many races means more women have to stay away from other races. They have to make choices and they have to avoid races that they may want to do as well. I thought that they were asking too much in a series that is just building in its second year. And instead of expanding, what they should have done maybe is kept it small, kept it like a, a three race and a finale, something along that lines, or you choose your races or whatever. But I think even better might've been is if they just said, these are our seven races you can qualify for the final at. And then have it where it would be a qualification system for the final. And then you have your final race and everybody's at ground zero at the final. And then away you go and you have this epic race. It's like a mini championship, if you will. Yeah. I, I do think that five is a lot, especially if you're, we're all chasing other things as well. So I think if they had to do like three of the seven and then you just had to, and I think the last race shouldn't even just be a race. It should be a grand finale or they, a little mini championship savage mm -hmm. and maybe they up the prize money for that one or make it different. Um, I don't know, but they, they do need to figure something out where we can mesh with other races and not feel the beat down of it because now I don't know if y'all know, but Spartans coming back with a regular series next year. I, yeah. Y'all should know that because I posted <laughs> it. <laughs> so yeah. So you have that now which I'm stoked. I'm ready to play again with them. Like that excites me. And then I would like to jump in on some of the Savage, but I won't be chasing the Savage series after what this last year, if that's how it's going to be. And that's really tough. I'm sure that's a tough thing for them to hear too. And hopefully they take it as a chance to improve things and, and go for there. Like, I mean, nobody, we said this before, we, we critique a lot of races about a lot of stuff and we do it in the hopes to make things better because yeah. we love all the races, right? We don't want to slam anybody. We want to make things better. We want to be constructively helpful. Um, I love, like, nowhere in this am I like, ah, oh, they totally ruined me. No, it was, I think that they should have done better and they should have done some. And in the moment that they saw 10 women standing there, they should have adjusted how they do things. Like, 
okay, you know what? None of you are through. Let's go ahead and use your feet. Figure it out. I don't know. Could have had some different plan for it. But regardless, like, I just want to see more women come into the Savage Series world and want to compete and play. But you're not going to get that if you have these situations, to be honest. Yeah. So hopefully Savage gets us. So moving on. So you are you are going to um, chase the Spartan Series this year then? Yeah. yeah. What if, what, and how do you feel if they announce that they're, let's just say they go and there's no prize money. Will you still make that a priority? Yeah. Yeah. See, I like that. I not a big deal um it's more like i think that they should do it where they have to have incentives like if you win a race you get your next free race i'm down for that like okay it pays my next race and i'm good to go like they or you get a hundred dollars worth of merch i think they need to at least offer a carrot but it doesn't have to be prize money they just need to figure out how they did it before yeah. This is exactly what we just said on one of our most recent podcasts is I've we've done a lot of these like smaller scale races too, especially like in the hybrid scene as things are growing and starting at the grassroots is we've done like we did um, our high rock sprint and I got more for winning that little race than I have from winning Spartan races. And it's just things like I won a free race registration and a bunch of merch that was really cool. Like, and Spartan hasn't really shifted and that's very, very simple. Um, and it's not really, um, it's not a huge ask, like merch, race registrations, very, very easy. Um, and a lot of people would race for stuff like that. And it's just, a simple acknowledgement of, Hey, of your, your hard work and you get a little bit of stuff and a free race. Really a lot of us at this, you know, in this world, we, that's all we would race for. Um, so I completely agree with you. Like I've done um, a lot of the, all the Canadian Spartan races that I could this year too. And I mean, I've gotten more from little hybrid races than I have from Spartan races. So, and I think that's fantastic. I love it. And money doesn't have to be big. Like, I, I do think, like, just give a race yeah. the first third, or yeah. like, and then you do a little bit of merch, and people would be stoked. We all would be like, yes. And because we all spend time outside of our normal lives training for this. So to go and get nothing doesn't make any sense. Um, so I think they do need to at least have something like that. Um, or like, if you win this many, we give you five free raises. I don't know, but they, they got to. Yeah. They got to bring it back. I think what happened was, is the system was when they did have the, where they gave you a free race, the system got abused <laughs> and they gave so many out that it just, and then you could give the codes away to people and it just got a little weird and too much. Remember when you would like, if you got in the top 50 at the end of the point series that they had, I don't know if you all remember that, but yeah. you used for every podium. And then at the end of the year, you would get ranked with everybody. And then the top 50 would get, um, like a free season pass yeah yeah and then like you said people were having so many race codes that they were just giving them to everybody else because they couldn't possibly use them yes yes yeah. yes yeah uh, i'm like i'm with you i think give the podium free races like a free race uh maybe partner with shell in the holiday inn because i would really go for a gas card that would be fantastic <laughs> give me, that's give me a, a good dollar gas card i'd be like all right mm -hmm. awesome but to pitch in for the prize money instead of them doing it and then maybe like i don't know we wear their gear like if if craft what i'll wear your gear if that's what you if you're the one sponsoring the money for it like i don't have a problem with that or like we have a little emblem of whatever they want but i think that would 
I think the way they should have done it, honestly, is you get these sponsors to get teams and these teams go out and they they represent them. So then you also have a contract with them and then you have no problem with crossing over wearing gear because you have a contract with them and they pay for your race and there you go. And Savage or Spartan is not the one putting all that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're part of team Riverbend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be nice if they worked with companies like that who are willing to help out some athletes. You know, I mean, you think of Riverbend 10,000 shorts that have been jumping out power lift. Mm -hmm people like that that are on the scene and working if they worked with those teams they could help them out and they could make i think get great prizes and great incentives for people um but yeah yeah it wouldn't take much it would not take much to to get people out and and like you say free races for one that doesn't cost them anything it really doesn't cost them jack everybody who hands out water on a at an aid station gets free race like just throw yeah, three more because we post about them so yeah it's all right, so let's move on to DECA. And the reason really we wanted you here is because we got to scout the competition, right? Because, <laughs> you know, Beth and I are in the mile there. So we got to, are you feeling good? Is there any injuries that you um, that you have that, <laughs> Beth, do you have the pipe pass, the, the, the Nancy Kerrigan lead pipe? We're going to get take care of that? Oh, yeah. Only us, like, older people even get that reference at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Is, 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 is 38 old enough to get that reference? You got it, and you don't get any I, references. Well, Alex is my age. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So, yeah, but, but <laughs> no, that's gonna be fun. Y'all are so y'all are teamed up to do the mile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. What um? So what are you what are you racing at Deck World? Um, I'm doing Deca Fit, and then I'm doing Deca Fit Team with Brandon from Bold Fitness, and then I did qualify for Deca Mile, but I. I need more running and I just don't want it. I just didn't want to hurt that much. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to save myself for the deck of mile team. So then Brandon and I can just go in there a little more fresh. So I'm just doing that. And then I'm not doing deck of strong because I don't like any of that stuff. <laughs> I all, um, I'm all for you watching y'all be in the pain cave for station to station. And I will cheer everybody on. And, but I, I have no interest in that one. <laughs> What do you think will be, and I find it interesting to ask people this, what do you think will be the highlight of the weekend as far as competition goes? I think it's their second year, and I think that all the hiccups they might have had last year when they were doing it, I think it's going to be just a blast. But the team races are my favorite. Like, you can never, it is like NASCAR. It is so fun, and everybody's cheering each other on, and it's just fast. I think the team races are going to be where, where it's at, the, the fun part of it. I think the co-ed teams to me, when I look at the lineup, is probably going to be the most exciting. The co-ed Deca Fit and the co-ed Deca Mile are going to be probably the most intense races of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think that, I don't know, if you're signed up for one team, like co-ed, you can't do the mail. So there's some people that are signed up that I don't know if they'll get to, to do it as well. Uh, well, I, there are some people I know that are signed up for a co-ed and their gender. I'm not sure. I mean, it was a female that I was looking at. So maybe the males can't. No, I think um, for females. Like, I think you can only from what I was told is you could only do one. But people just signed up to decide what they were going to do at the end. I didn't because if you could do oh. all, I would have done that. But as, as I was told was that if you did DECA co-ed, you could not do DECA female also, but team. 
I didn't. I, I didn't. I, know. I definitely see people signed up for both. I don't know, so I don't know if that's true. Like, I have no idea. Poll through the sign up was that there was no way for them to stop people from signing up for both. Um, but that doesn't mean that they get to do both. Hmm. Stop. That's that's interesting. I wonder why that is. I wonder why they want that. And maybe it's the time from when you start to the next team race starts that you might not be able to get back to it because they might be rolling through them pretty quickly. I'm not really sure. Um, but I just that's I did ask because when I qualified for I did qualify for the strong and then my partner qualified for strong with a male. And I was like, I wonder if we could do both of them. And then when we asked, we were told that that wouldn't be possible. Hmm. That's interesting. We'll have to take a look at that. I'm not sure. And we actually are talking with Yancey tomorrow. So we'll, uh, we'll make sure to. I'll probably get off this call and text them. Like, Hey, I don't know if this is true, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see time wise, timeline wise, it could be very, very difficult to pull off. And I mean, like you quite literally could be walking off the finish line onto the start line. And yeah. I don't think you're ever going to perform very well, that being the case. But if, if you qualified and it's your choice, right. Go, go for it, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm like, we've had some issues with our beliefs on some of the qualification standards or some of the team, especially some of the team qualification standards, like as far as, Oh, so what, what issues have y'all? What do y'all think? Um, well, our big thing was the substitutions. Oh, you could substitute somebody? No, you can't. You can't. You could last year. So last year you were allowed, um, if you know you had a partner who got injured or couldn't make it or whatever, you could make a substitution. Um, okay. this year they don't have that. And I've noticed this year we don't have all the rosters full. And I think if you had allowed substitutions. That might be the case. See, mine, my thing is, I think that if you are going to to do a world championship with the mile and the strong, that it should be filmed. That you should have people film it. It should be submitted into while using the WAD, whatever thing that Pyrox um, one time used. And you Wad film first. it. Yes. Yeah. And then you have proof that the reps are there. And then you have someone go through it and you get denied or you get approved. But... I have seen some things where I'm like, wait, that's, and like, I get that it all washes out at Worlds, but if there's only so many spots, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. And we, we made sure when we did any one of our teams that we videoed the whole thing, just in case you never know, somebody says anything, somebody's like, you didn't do our, you know, so here's the video. So we kept videos so we could prove everything went right. But I totally agree. I think, and not just for the teams, for individual miles and strongs, mm -hmm. I agree with that too. I think there needs yeah. to be a little more accountability in the qualification process because it's not okay. You and Brendan, I believe you're sitting first as a qual, right? It's not you that gets affected. It's not, you know, and you can say, oh, it'll work out in the wash. The top people are going to get there anyway. Yeah, the top five are going to get there anyway. The top 10 are going to get there anyway. But the real 19, 20, and 18, those people who really deserve to get there and maybe get kind of cheesed out of it because of some whatever an easy course some bad judging um, even things like moving you know with farmers carry and the tank even you know you cut it short a couple feet like mm. that those you're talking about 30 seconds that's a big difference when it comes to the mile and the strong and i mean we've watched videos before we're like uh 
I don't, I don't know. Like something's off with just even the steps that they took and stuff yeah, like, like that. Like five steps on a farmer's carry. Yeah. Like the, wow. That's super short. <laughs> that, you know, saves time. Just the mm -hmm. difference that I've seen. I'm just like, uh, and then even in the individual, I think that you should, if you're going to have things like this and you're going to have only a certain amount of people be able to go, you do have, I think it'd be great if, if you had to submit a video and I hope that that comes where like next year people have to, especially when people like every other weekend, someone breaks the records. <laughs> <laughs> right. And sometimes so, obliterates the records. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, with when during COVID and lockdowns, when we had all these virtual comps, like we became pros at well, you had to prove the distance, you had to prove the height of your box, you had to show the weight of your weights, like, and yeah. you kind of, you know, and you get, we got really good at it. And we used wad proof often, you know, you show your dumbbell weight, you show the height with your measuring tape, you show the length of the runway, like all these different things, or, you know, your Strava accounts for the runs that you did. And I know that's mildly inaccurate, but at least it's proof. Um, but you know, you just, you kind of get good at doing those things. And yes, it's a lot of time on the back end of the organizers that have to go through things, but at least it makes it more legitimate. And, you know, the people that have really worked hard to get there, then they get their spot. And as it, it grows, I think that's just necessary for it. And I mean, CrossFit does it with the open, like you have to submit videos and, you know, that's just people's jobs then at the end of the day. I, and, you know, people that really care about the sport too, would probably even volunteer their time. I mean, I know Dave would do it. <laughs> you would that sit there go and Jim, I'll do them all. <laughs> I, I have a bunch of people that would take the time to be like, hey, you know what? I'll be one of your online, like, judging person that you send the videos to. And I'm sure people would do it. My sister would do it. Like, all you do is teach them the standard. And she would probably be like, okay, let's do it. I'll watch people. And she's not even in the sport. But mm -hmm. need that, I think, to make it legitimate. And it's important for, like you said, the people that are 17, 18, that it does hurt them that they didn't get in. You know what, actually, Beth, you, you, and you guys make a good point about this. For the actual person, and it wouldn't come down to the competitor all the time, right? So competitor, I would think, and if we're going to go through this as an actual uh, applicable process, the competitor, video your run. That's it. That's all you got to do. Video your run. You hold on to the video if you need to submit it. And then the person running the competition, before the competition, before anyone goes out, the person running the event videos the course proves the measurements proves the distance and then each person doing it doesn't have to show that yeah. proves the bike isn't a schwinn bike yeah. goes like that and just just goes through the whole thing and then they're like here's what we're using here here's your here's the distance here's the distance here's the layout blah, 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 blah. so then when you as alex walker say you qualify i set the record whatever the case may be here's my video and then the company so you did it at at our gym and i can submit here's our layout and the one she did it on proving that everything is above board yeah. And I think like when you have judges sitting there and they're you you know what's gonna happen. You can always be like, hey, so and so, can you video me? And then you have a judge that's like, oh, I gotta make sure the standard is there because they're getting videoed. I think you're gonna get that versus someone who might have just been like, Oh, I think you're at 28. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I think when there's videos on people, we tend to jump up a little bit more on our standard. And it, it would help the, the judge to want to make sure that they have it all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is instant accountability. Yes, 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 yes. Because if I was helping somebody and I know they're getting videoed, I'm going to give 100% of my effort to it versus like, 
maybe lollygagging <laughs> a little bit. Well, and like you said, we know that there's been some setups that that are are questionable, some equipment that is questionable. Like we we made the joke though, but we did hear about a competition where they used a Schwinn bike, which I don't know if you've ever used a Schwinn bike, but you're oh okay. So I have one at home. Okay. And in order to practice, I do 40 calories instead of 25. Okay, because it it's, moves. It's that big a difference. Okay. So yeah, it's it's like a, a a five to eight ratio about how much quicker you can go on that bike. Yeah. So things like that. And then different ski ergs, different tank setups. And all this. So it's the videoing would be good. I think, yeah, if that should be, should be something that is implemented. I think it would be a great idea. And I mean, if it changes, like I joke, like the people in the Northeast are going to get better weather than I get here in Texas because my stuff is going to be in a hundred degree weather or 80 degrees with 90% humidity, but that's just what it is. But there does have to be a little bit of a standard with equipment. And it doesn't mean that every bike has to be the exact brand, but I mean, a road bike's good. And then you got the assault bikes. Like there has to be some kind of standard. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, you'll get no sympathy from us because we were doing virtual races and then it'd be like, okay, you got to do three K run on the track. There's seven inches of snow on the track. <laughs> Yeah. I did a oh. sim I did a sim yesterday and it was minus five out and like I couldn't feel my hands. <laughs> I would not even leave my house. I'd be like, I'm in the garage, sorry. I remember doing I remember I remember doing the High Rocks 3K for the their virtual one and running around my block and just getting pelted with hail in the face. I wore goggles. <laughs> was, yeah, was, yeah. She took she followed me in the van to take the video because it was so cold. I remember that one too. <laughs> that was like fun. The High Rocks virtual stuff was a good time. I kind of miss that we don't have more of that still. I enjoyed the virtual competitions. I had a lot of people complain about. It. I thought they were great. Yeah. I think it's an opportunity to go hard um, on workouts that you normally wouldn't have gone hard on, right? Like when we're by ourselves, we tend to like not have to put our foot down. But like if someone's videoing and you're gonna have to submit it, you're like, oh, let's go. Yeah. So. It was good fun. Together. Like I had to invite people to film me. Like that would normally not come out to the track. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. You just yeah. find some walker going by. Hey, could you video me while I run for the next half hour? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had lifting buddies. I was like, hey, you want to like do this workout with me? But there's going to be burpees and rowing. And they're like, I guess I'll do it too. And they there's something that they would never have done. And so it brings people into the community. I think they're great. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Give me a free race code for winning something like that. I'd be down. We were so jacked about our shirts we got. Did y'all have matching shirts? Oh, we got shirts for one of the High Rocks ones that we did. We both won our age group, so now we have this High Rocks shirt that says "Winner" across the back. So, the back. Which... so when I came out, they used to give you like Puma stuff with the winner in the back, and I still wear mine, even though I've been High Rocks in a long time. I will I will only wear it to a high rocks event of some kind because I just can't walk around with winner written across the back of my shirt. <laughs> I'm like, so I used it the other day when we did the uh the high rocks sprint at one of the local gyms. They put on a high rock sprint, so kind of a half rocks, and I wore it when I ran that. And I was like, okay, this is okay to wear today. <laughs> oh, I wear it at my grocery store. Let them ask me questions. What did you win? Oh no. <laughs> Oh, there you go. More gifts, grocery gift cards. I'd take that for a win at a race. Yeah. Or some points on a plane ride. I don't know. Give me anything. I, you can't tell me these executives don't have free points to give away. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome. So what's the, what's the future plans, Alex? Um, I was not going to race this year or next year, but I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm, I think I still got another year on me before I probably turn more to ultras. Um, I do love the ultra world. It just takes a lot to recover from it. So I do want to do a world's toughest again. It'll just maybe be another two years out and then, you know, maybe do some races to qualify for like Western States or something. But for now, I think I still got some wheels on me and I want to play <laughs> with the big girls still. Um, so I'll probably do Spartan. I'll probably do some savages. Um, I'm kind of thinking about a high rocks here and there. Like sometimes it's the wall walls at the end that have me like, oh, but I am thinking I'm also like the team high rocks. I do enjoy those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Team, team, everything is so much fun. Yeah. All, all the relays. Balls. So, yeah. but that's what I'm probably thinking one more year. I still got some wheels on me and still have some goals that I want to do. Well, it's because of people like you and Lindsay that I never believe anyone when they say I'm retiring. I think you're all liars. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so fun to watch it and then like still be part of it. And it's such a cool community to still like get to chat with people and be there and travel. And it's like, to me, it's getting to see people that I don't live even close to. And we all meet up at a race and we chat about our lives. Like there's more to the community that's so cool. Um, and then like, just like we'll experience a DECA this next week. Those people that are like dying at the burpees and you cheer them on. And then after they're just like, thank you so much for like yelling at me aggressively. <laughs> like those are the moments that I think makes this still that I want to be part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. And like, again, we're, we're kind of the same age. And um, I think it, when it doesn't become fun anymore and there, you lose a love, I think then that makes sense. But when you still get excited and even if it's just about hanging out with your friends from, you know, all different parts of the continent, if you're still feeling that love for it, then you just kind of keep going. Like, I don't know whenever I would ever retire or whatever you want to call it or step away from the competitive scene. But I mean, it's still, if I'm still getting excited about it, then, you know, you kind of keep going and, you throw in some couple, a couple unique things throughout the season and stuff. But man, I think if you still get fired up like that, then you're not really ready to step away. Yeah. And I think like when you start racing, you're like wanting, like when I first started, I was like, I want to be on the Spartan pro team so bad. Like I'm watching all these girls and I want to get there and like whatever I need to do. And then you get there and you, you start doing really well and you're up there and then you're like, man, to me, I will tell you, I like whether it's Savage or Spartan, none of them have ever given me, I guess, I wouldn't even say the tension or anything. Like, I just never found a place that I belong with either one of them. Like, if I go to Savage, you're the Spartan girl. If I go to Spartan, they're like, you're the Savage girl. Like, I've never been, like, just part of something. Um, so for me, I got to the point where I just run for me, like <laughs> I'm there to kick butt and race for myself at some point. So, and that's where like, I lost my fire and felt like I didn't want to be part of doing it anymore. And then I started realizing like, I can do it for myself and still have a good time. I think that's a great, great way to stop it is race for yourself, have a good time and enjoy it. Beth, why don't you wind us up? Thanks so much, Alex. Um, it's been a long time coming getting you on the podcast. We are a big fan. Um, and we really look forward to racing you and your partner in the Deca Mile co-ed race next weekend. So all the best. We will be seeing you very soon. 
Yeah, keep your head up Thursday night. You never know where we're going to be. <laughs> I'm going to have to look behind my back. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Thank you.